You're listening to the Kingdom Project Podcast. These are discussions on biblical theology and interpretation. The emphasis is on context and grace. The goal is to promote biblical literacy by displacing and debunking most modern interpretations. The challenge is to engage in healthy conversation that may stretch, but sharpen iron. This is The Kingdom Project, and I'm your host, Marcus Hall. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to a new episode. This one's just going to be a short one. I'm going to give you a couple of updates on what's going on. And then we're going to go into a couple of misunderstandings on the Holy Spirit and uh, with the baptism and how he uh, is supposed to flow out of you and all that. So sort of misunderstandings, misinterpretations. We're going to look at that. And the reason is because that'll be part of one of the updates is that here's what I'm planning on doing. Okay, so (laughs) I am planning on doing two like two series, if you will, um, a series on First Corinthians twelve, which would include the Holy Spirit and uh, the gifts, and a series on the uh, the Book of Revelation. So this is because it's been uh, suggested and or requested by listeners uh, to do these two topics. And I've got a little bit of a different, uh, grounded, more balance, maybe. I don't know. I, you know, don't want to say that. It sounds a little bit arrogant, I guess. Um, I go for a radical middle, if you will, when it comes to uh, the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. I am a continuationist. I've mentioned that several times on this podcast uh, uh, since the beginning. Um Sometimes that doesn't jive too well with uh, the preterist, uh, you know, uh, people. Um, however, I don't see it ceasing out completely, and I will make some cases for that when I start doing uh, those episodes, and then uh, be discussing in part the that that chapter of Corinthians on that Paul has given us on these gifts. Um, but in, you know, in part his, he's given that to the Corinthians first. So we have to look at it and in its context and all that and see what's going on and see how much of that is applicable to us. And which I, uh, do believe there's applicability. And with that, um, like, uh, Stanley and Spider-Man says, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Instead of just, uh, you know, having a slosh fest and, and acting goofy all the time. My case will be that all those who are believers have the Holy Spirit. And unless you're a very hardcore, and I mean hardcore cessationist, you are um, operating. Um, or really, it's the Holy Spirit is operating through you. And I've seen people operate in gifts of the Spirit who say that those gifts don't exist for today. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so I think it's, you know, I think it should be talked about a little bit more 
And for those of you that are cessationists and are going to go, oh, it's not going to be crazy charismatic uh, because I'm not crazy charismatic. I don't like to be under that broad umbrella term of a charismatic. And it's fa- in fact, I try to distance myself uh, a lot of times from from what most people uh, perceive or think of when they hear that word charismatic um, because there's a lot of flesh and phony stuff that's out there. So, um, and I don't agree with how they uh, have total disregard to the instructions and of what Paul laid out to the Corinthian church. Nobody wants to have the interpreters or weigh the words from the prophets or anything like that. Um, they deny self-control and say that Holy Spirit interrupts all the time and interruption means people all over the floor and laughing and drunk and all that stuff and um, really actually don't see that when Paul was giving instructions to have an orderly service that wasn't disruption. Yeah, so I'm going to be working on that and then I'm going to be working on an overview of the book of Revelation which I do think is needed. When I closed the eschatology series, I said I didn't know if I would or not, and the truth was I wanted to, but really wasn't thinking of how I would approach it or what whatnot. Um, it's going to be an overview. It's not going to be verse by verse. It'll be a couple of chapters at a time, and giving it from uh, the perspective of the, the uh, first century uh, context of the the original audience so audience relevance plays a part there so um i may be doing um actually a couple a little like a couple uh introduction uh shows or episodes actually on that like an introduction to to the book and how to read it and also like an introduction on like most of the answers that you need are found within the first three uh, verses of chapter one. So it would be sort of like a, a sidebar introduction or something. Okay. So that's what I'm planning on doing. And um, um, I've sort of been, you know, a little bit hit and miss on the release of episodes. It's been like every other week, you know, of course you always have the Sunday uh, sermon uh, on Sunday evenings. Um and then I would really like to try to release, you know, two two episodes a week besides the sermon. But it's just uh, time management, I guess. Uh, it's, you know, late spring, early summer. So now the yard work has begun and um, and other things like that. More work and then just more more stuff going on. Um, a little bit more tired because of the heat and more work and and yard work and blah 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 so uh, i know you're not too interested in it there's the lovely train of so ill going by so i would like to actually though take a take a moment to say thank you for the to listening and downloading or streaming and thank you for liking the page and getting in contact uh this podcast has actually opened up the whole uh um you know opportunity to meet and talk to to new people and that's been um it's been really cool it's just very um i want to act all cliche it's just been a humbling experience and (laughs) 
stuff like that. Like, nah, like, yeah, yeah, it is. But I've had some people, you know, contact far and close. And there's people that I've, I've like known who, who they are, but have not really known, like known them. And we're, we're talking and we're becoming friends and it's all been because of, of the Bible. It's been because of uh, theology and how to understand and interpret the word of God and on how eschatology matters too. And, and when you start to interpret the Bible in the, the correct context, it changes everything. So theology and eschatology matters. And, um, there's some people that have already known exactly what I've been laying out, uh, for the last, oh man, several, several months. Um, and they've been blessed to hear that there's somebody else around here, uh, like that. And I've been blessed to know that there's somebody around here, uh, other people as well. And that's been fun. And then all the while I've been able to make, uh, you know, friends with some people online and YouTube and Instagram and then, um, friends with people locally, um, by talking and answering more questions and, and things like that and, uh, getting to know these people and, and getting to make, uh, make a friend, which is always good. Right. So awesome. Thank you. So with that, <clears throat> going to look at a couple just little uh, short things here okay um misunderstandings of the holy spirit okay let's look here at at the um pentecostal distinction probably okay um pentecostal or charismatics are going to be like asking people about the holy spirit and they'll say hey you're saved Right? Yes. And then, well, you need to get the Holy Spirit then, right? Um, you've been saved and now you need to get the Holy Ghost. It's typically that, you know, hey, you need you need to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need to get, you know, he, you he, you may be indwelt, but you need to be in uh, the in, infilling, you know. All these types of things has causes mindsets of confusion to the people hearing it but it also then has produced a mindset i believe of arrogance and ignorance and the people that are suggesting these things of like hey we're more spiritual than you because we have this and you don't okay so uh we need to look at a passage to get a view and get some context uh and in in the context it has nothing to do uh with with what the majority of people say. So this uh, is in uh, Acts 19, and this is Paul and going to uh, Ephesus. All right, so uh, starting in verse 2, it says, And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And this is a group of people, okay? And they say, No, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And Paul says, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Very important there, into John's baptism. Okay, and then Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. All right, so on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Okay, and there was about 12 men in all. Okay, 
So really when it, it says when they heard this, they were baptized because he says, um, that is Jesus. Okay. John was telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. Now the text doesn't say this, but we could only presume, presume or assume that he is presents them the gospel. All right. Like that. He told the people to believe in the one <laughs> that was to come after John. He's telling them about Jesus. Okay, now, first, we can't be saved without the Holy Spirit, okay? Romans 8, 9 makes that clear, and it says, you are, uh, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, okay, or if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him, okay? The Holy Spirit is the one who draws us, who inhabits us, and illuminates us to the gospel, and then to also the, the reality of our reconciliation with God, our Father, uh, through conviction and then into the repentance. So to just tell somebody that they're saved but don't have the Holy Spirit then is being ignorant of the scripture of the word of God, um, especially since that verse there in Romans. And then because Jesus also said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Okay, so he's speaking of the Holy Spirit who had not been poured out as of yet at that point. And that's in John 7. Now, he doesn't say after you believe and you are saved, God's going to drop the Holy Spirit on you no because the holy spirit comes from within the holy spirit is already in you he's already there and this is just as jesus breathed on them they received the holy spirit in their new birth which is salvation in john 20 and then on the day of pentecost he flows out of them and we'll talk about that in a minute so this passage in acts 19 in context should make it clear that they have they had received a message of repentance from dead works all right from john's uh message but they had not yet heard of jesus so they had not yet heard the gospel so paul it it seems here in this on hearing this it says they were baptized um, because he mentions Jesus. So Paul preaches this to them and then baptizes them in the name of Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit in them comes flowing out of them and bestowing, because manifest means to bestow, ma manifesting these tongues and prophecy. And that came about through the laying on of hands. Okay. So they really. Um, they were not Christians yet because they were in John's baptism. Um, this was John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Now that gets confusing. How were they not Christians then? Well, because Christ hadn't hadn't been crucified and resurrected and ascended yet. This was before the cross, so they had been continuing living in John's baptism. Okay, so think of. So almost like First Testament baptism versus Second Testament Testament baptism. So they weren't Christians yet, and they had not believed in Jesus because they hadn't heard of it yet. They were still living in the one who prepared the way 
for Jesus. They were still living in John's baptism, okay? So, this whole passage is that misunderstanding is that Paul is asking a group of believers about having the Holy Spirit, okay? But that's not true because they're not really a group of uh, believers because they hadn't heard of Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? So, um, it, it's not turning from one, um, uh, like being a Christian and then receiving more there. They're actually being baptized in the name of Jesus instead of John's baptism of just repentance, okay? Um, which th then was still, it was John's. It was not Jesus's. I'm trying to make that clear here, um, not make it confusing to you because um, that was still like old covenant almost. You know what I mean? So, there you have that. Taking a drink of water. Okay, so now then to tie that together, <clears throat> what about then what happened at Pentecost? I said we would touch upon that, okay? Acts 2, they're, they're all together. Pentecost had come. Um... And then suddenly there's this noise, right? There came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, right? And they rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other languages as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Okay, so... It does say that there was this sound. This would be a report or a blast, and it was coming as if it was coming from heaven or the skies. But this is a, a simile. Okay, it's a figure of speech des describing something because it says like or as. Okay, so it's like a, a rushing mighty, mighty wind, which is wind or breeze or a, uh, a breath. So this is similar. Uh, this should evoke uh, the imagery in our minds to Adam who walked with God in the cool of the day. And the cool is wind or breeze. Um, so this, this sound is said to, to have filled the room and tongues as a fire. So as is a simile again. Sat on them and they were fulfilled or they were uh, supplied and began to speak in languages as the Spirit gave utterance, okay? So, in John 20, 22, Jesus breathed on his disciples after his resurrection when he uh, walked into that closed room and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is, um, in, in the Greek, it's receive now the Holy Spirit. So, Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit into them before he ascends. And then to fulfill scriptures, you have the Feast of Pentecost, and he released a breath, which is a blast from heaven, just like the Godhead did in Genesis in chapter 1 in the whole creation of the world or the whole universe even. That, that breath or that word caused a release or a filling of the Spirit out of them 
and then clothed or came upon them and ignited then the new birth to make them a new creation. So Jesus said in John 7, 37, 38, that now on the last day, the great day of the feast, right, that Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Okay, so when Jesus breathed on them, he he had been glorified. He was now glorified. And then in Peter, uh, Peter in Acts 2, he quotes Joel 2, and it's not exactly because he's being inspired and he's showing now what the Father meant while he was speaking through Joel by speaking through him. And it says, uh, it will come about after this that I will pour, uh, jo- the actual Joel 2.28 says, it will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. All right, but Peter says in 2.17 of Acts, and it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men will dream dreams, okay? Now, New King, New King James and the, the New American Standard says pour forth of and um, of my spirit. But what what's that mean, of my spirit? In other words, it's God's, um, it's not God pouring out his spirit from the heaven or the skies as they would have thought, but pouring forth and out of his spirit that was already in them. Because Jesus had poured and breathed his spirit into them already. So just like the rivers of flowing water water <laughs> from their innermost being, uh, he this is in them. He's breathed this in him that on them. Uh, he's just pouring out his spirit, uh, pouring forth and out of his spirit out of them. Right now, Luke twenty four forty nine says, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So Jesus said that which was coming, it was a clothing then from, from, uh, a clothing of power from heaven. Um, it doesn't say the Holy Spirit, but Acts one eight says but you will you will receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you okay now this means throughout you okay so it is a work of the holy spirit the whole point is that it's not something that's coming upon you um or dropping onto you okay it's coming from inside of you because you already (laughs) have him inside of you um, it's not from the skies or the heavens or, or whatever. Um, and, and really, and this should give you the way that I see maybe differently from the charismatic distinctives is that I've seen too many people looking for something that they already have. It, they don't, they fail to realize the kingdom is within them because they already have the Holy Spirit in them and they're asking God to pour the Holy Spirit out on them when God <laughs> just wants to stir it up within them. So they miss the point. Well, does it, why wouldn't it just happen anyway? I don't know why that is. Maybe they need to receive 
the revelation of and lose the confusion okay um maybe they they need not be burdened by so much misinterpretation um and mistranslations and things like that okay because too many people feel burdened they feel like they're not good enough they feel like they're missing out they're not going to ever be anointed but they have the holy spirit and the holy spirit is the anointing but people end up dis disappointed and disillusioned okay um this has them get sick and want to reject an amazing gift that they already have, but they're just waiting to receive. Okay, so by not understanding that 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 God was doing it from inside and pouring out of a spirit, right? And they're totally understanding it completely different, and therefore miss the whole point. Okay. Now, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Right? Within us. Not coming down upon us or, or, or throwing us to the ground all the time. Um, not to say that doesn't happen. It does. But it says we have been, which is past tense, blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly Christ um, in Ephesians 1 3 so some say heavenly places um, but sometimes that's in italics so it means it's been added okay but either way um, you should be able to realize from there that you are complete and you can't you are filled with the Holy Spirit and um, and it's from the inside out, not the outside in, okay? So we're to be clothed with Jesus, as Paul says in Romans 13. Um, these are certainly distinctions that get confusing, that are misused and mistranslated, misinterpreted, and some really abused a lot of times and confuse people in the non-denominational and charismatic circles. And so I, you know, they're, I guess they're Holy Ghost myths or mistranslations or whatever, you know, I don't know. The point of the matter is when you are saved, you come to faith and you repent, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is within you. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, these distinctions of being filled or indwelt because he indwells you because he's in you and you're sealed with him. So he's the giver of the gifts. He will use you as he wills, uh, as he wills, is what it says in 1 Corinthians 12. So the fact of the matter is you don't have to be waiting for something to drop on you from the sky. It's to flow out of you. So um, rivers uh, flow. <laughs> they flow up or flow out. Okay, so God wants to, f to bring forth what, what's already in you. Um, not pour something on you. Um, he just wants that uh, to be stirred up and to uh, um, everything that I've already said. I'm just stumbling now trying to wrap up. So um, that's my whole point. If somebody says, hey, do you have the Holy Spirit? You say, absolutely I do. All right. Don't try to get them to conjure you into the corner and have 12 of their friends laying hands on you to try to get you on the floor and say, I want to have you on the floor by the end of the night. Um, that's arrogance, it's ignorance, it's stupidity. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not a play thing. He is part of the Godhead, the Trinity. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They all work together. 
um, Holy Spirit testifies to Jesus, Jesus presents the Father. Uh, you are saved, you are sealed, that means you have the Holy Spirit within you, and you are filled with him, so you have received uh, the Holy Spirit. Um, if you're one that's wanting more, you know, like I said, because you've been confused by these verses or confused with the teachings that just come from man instead of the Bible on what they think they understand and how this all works, I would encourage you then to read these verses more and what I've put forth to say, don't be waiting and praying and searching for something you already have. You have him. He has you. And from out of you, he can flow like living waters. All right, there's another episode. If you have any comments, questions, disagreements, send them my way at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, be a mustard seed, be a leaven. Thanks for listening.